0: Alright, current come, on, come on. These weren't <laughs> brand, these were yeah, brand yeah. new recruits. Yeah no Maria, calm down.
1: Everybody Jesus. calm down, Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Calm right.
0: the f down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is going on this week? Well, Maria and I are having a great time.
0: Smashing Security, episode 295. Slushy gate, sextortion and nano targeting with Carol Terrío and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello and welcome to Smashing Security episode 295. My name's Graham Cluley.
1: 295. I'm Carol Terrío.
0: And Carol, we've got a special guest someone returns to the show this week. It is dot 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 dot, dot.
2: Maria Hi, (laughs) Hi, everyone.
0: Hi, Maria, space correspondent on the Cyberwire, of course, but (laughs) I like to think that we discovered you. You didn't exist before you came on the Smashing Security podcast. Would that be fair to say?
2: I was but a fetus. I was just. (laughs) Yes. I was just a little fetus in the podcast world. Yes. Uh, But I mean. Yeah, actually, you did discover me. So thank you for that. <laughs> that's, that's not a lie. <laughs> yeah, Well done, Greg. <laughs> that's pretty true, actually. Yeah, I've started doing the working on the cyber wires, their space correspondent, which is really cool. And last week, I got to speak to some students at Amherst College about cybersecurity. And uh, the reason I was invited there was because of this show. So <laughs> because they've heard me on Smashing. So. Oh. Uh, If your ears were burning last week, I was talking about the
1: two of you quite a bit and how much I love you both. Ah. (laughs) It it gulls me a little bit because I do a little work for the cyberware. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I'm UK correspondent and she's in charge of the entire spatial universe.
0: (laughs) The infinity of space. All of space and time. Yeah,
1: I'm in her vortex. (laughs) I'm within her
2: realm. She must be my Uber leader. Yeah, uh, they haven't made me the the space and time correspondent yet, but I'm working on the time one.
0: <laughs> Only a matter of, well, time, I suppose.
2: Meet me on <laughs> Gallifrey. Ha ha ha.
1: Before we kick off, let's thank this week's sponsors, Bitwarden, Sealit and Collide. It's their support that helps us give you this show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got? Oh, well, I'm going to be
0: getting slushy this week.
1: Okay. And what about you, Maria? We're going to be talking about fishing. <laughs> And I will be asking, what the flip is nano-targeting? All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security.
0: Now, chums, chums, have I have you ever been to Louisville in Kentucky? I have.
2: Louisville, yes.
0: Oh, is it Louisville, not Louisville? I am not a
2: native of the area, but my understanding is it's preferred as Louisville, but that may be pretentious and I could be wrong. So,
0: I don't oh, know. It's so confused because yeah. you... You get Meet Me in St. Louis. That's a different place. I know it's a different place, but I mean, (laughs) what's going on? Anyway, in August 2018, something strange was happening in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm. Um, It's known for Muhammad Ali, and it's the home of Kentucky Fried Chicken, of course.
1: KFC now, please. Thank you.
0: But it was about to become notorious for something else, because people were calling up the cops. They were calling up the police and they had a complaint. They said, oh, I've been attacked. In an unusual way. What? Attacked in an unusual way. In an unusual way. So let me explain what was going on. For just over a year, from August 2018 onwards, two people were driving around Louisville, pretending to be Louisville Metro Police officers. So they had all the gear. They were sort of disguised. They had the uniforms. They had the guns. They They were not cops, presumably. They had... Carol, don't ruin the story. Oh. They, they, they had the <laughs> that will get okay, edited out.
2: She anticipated your denouement. You're ruining my big reveal.
0: <laughs> they had all the gear. They had the uniforms. They had the guns. They had the donuts. They had the police radio, and they had beverages. Large beverages.
1: Is that like a euphemism? Or
0: <laughs> Are these like big gulps? <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism.
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> Up and down. They have also mega gulps to say. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, you'd know. <laughs> Up and down they would drive, looking for targets on the sidewalk or near the street. When they thought they'd identified someone, they'd pull out their uh, police radios and they'd say, oh, We've got 10 <laughs> we got a problem in Houston. Beep, the eagle has landed. Um, someone's <laughs> thirsty on the sidewalk, or we've got a thirsty fam situation. And do you know what they'd do then? They would throw their slushy, including the container, At the member of the public. (laughs) What? Yeah, the drink would get thrown out of the car at these people. Sometimes it would actually be a car behind them. They may be in a convoy, right? So the first one would go, got someone thirsty on the street. And then the following car would actually throw out the slushy.
1: And I'm not allowed to ask you whether these guys are legitimate cops or
0: not. It's a very good question. <laughs> who are these guys? Oh, right. Now I could ask, who are these folks? Well, they're, they're not driving marked police cars, but it may surprise you <laughs> to discover that they were actually policemen. And what's more, they were policemen who were also filming the assaults on their phones and sharing it with their mates. So, more than 40 of these videos existed of policemen. Not young policemen.
1: So they were, they were, they were in like their bonafide cop cars with their bonafide guns no. and bonafide.
0: For for some reason, they went unmarked police. But cars.
1: they, but they were not in uniform. No, I. Were they wait. were wearing that? Yeah, were they wearing but, your uniform? But they
0: were in their uniform, oh. and they had all the gear, and they had their police radios and they're their gun guns, up to people, and their guns and everything else that police people carry in the United States. Did
2: they skip that day of training where they're not supposed to do that?
0: Or I uh, <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Look, and there's a worker shortage, right? So maybe training's being skipped through really quick.
0: <laughs> there's also a, a level of research which one does when compiling a story for smashing security. which
1: <laughs> well, which he, Whoa, speak these... for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself.
0: Anyway, so they were filming these things and they were sharing them with their cop buddies as well. And you might think this would be, yeah. So they they were being dicks. They were being dicks.
1: Okay, I'm making sure I understand that these guys they were doing this. Were they? Can you tell me this because I don't know yes. about how your level of research. Were they doing this during work hours or was this just a bit of fun on the side? What was
2: the weather like the days they were doing this? what, what was the music on their car radio?
0: <laughs> All right, current number. These weren't. <laughs> brand, these were yeah, brand yeah. new recruits. Yeah, no, Maria, calm down. <laughs>
2: Everybody, Jesus. calm down. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. Calls. <laughs>
1: I'm just very excited. Calm the fuck
0: down. <laughs> what is I going t- on this week? <laughs> well, Maria and I are having a great time.
2: Well, I'm having a blast.
0: <laughs> now you might think, oh, these must be new cops. These been new cops who've been given new guns and new cars and new orders about throwing slushies out of the car at people in the no, street.
1: That's not what I was thinking. but <laughs> <laughs> Just throw those drinks. It's part of your job now. But
0: one of these policemen was 40 years old and had spent 20 years in the Air Force. He'd done tours of duty in Iraq and Kyrgyzstan. I don't know if those are places where you throw out slushies at people or not. The other was in his mid-30s. So they were actual cops. And uh, it turns out this isn't the kind of thing which the Louisville police in Kentucky think is a good way to shut kill.
1: the front I, door. I know it's a surprise.
0: It's a surprise because all they were doing was helping people. They, they, occasionally,
1: yeah, people mean, were dehydrated on the street and they were they were parched.
0: And let's face it, accidents happen. I remember <laughs> doing cybersecurity conferences in the past. I remember being on the trade show floor. You know where they have all the booths, and uh, this was back in the day when we had actual hard. Um, boxes full of software, right, containing multiple floppy disks, and they they were pretty chunky kind of things. And I remember, you know, having a little competition with people in the audience, and there'd be someone, you know, probably quite a few meters back, who'd put up their hand and answer the question, and I would throw a box through the air, and boom, it would go <laughs> into their eye, giving them a blacker. I figure, I figure, look. If you're gonna come to a cybersecurity event, you're gonna get hurt. Maybe (laughs) if you're walking the street in Louisville and a police car comes by, expect a slushie in your gob. It may happen.
2: Yeah, but usually when you get hurt at a cybersecurity conference, it's you've had too much to imbibe. Or maybe your feet are tired from a lot of walking, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Not usually hurling
1: rocks at you. Yeah, Can you imagine it be like a boomerang, a floppy disk. Woo, 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 woo,
0: woo, woo, woo. The thing is, thing is, I don't think you realize just quite how heavy these software boxes were. Because when I worked at Dr. Solomon's, we basically produced something which looked like a a hardback encyclopedia. Yeah, those things used to be it, quite. Was, big. It was. It was hard. Yeah. It had sharp edges. Yeah. <laughs> so it was.
2: Okay, how many discs were in that box, hefty? though? How many?
0: Oh, oh, by the end, it was probably about half a dozen. If we were on three and a half inch, yep. yeah. Anyway, li- listen, 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 listen. Oh, sorry, so I fell asleep. It turned, <laughs> it turned out. It turned out. <laughs> whoever's in charge of the cops in Louisville thought mm-hmm. this was a bad thing, and so okay. these cops were suspended for what they did. They were told, "You can't do that. We're going to have to investigate this."
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Suspend them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, With pay, yes. of course.
0: And they well, they weren't allowed to be cops anymore. They were told, "No, no, no. You can't. You can't carry on doing this. You're going. You're going to have to leave. And we'll investigate this. You know, whether you've, whether there's anything." Any federal charges about throwing beverages at pedestrians out of the mm. window, pretending mm-hmm. to be cops, pretending to be cops? Well, not they were cops. They were cops. Girl, they no, no, cops. no. They were, but okay, they, you're right. They weren't pretending yes. to be cops. That's true. That's true. Yes. So that that in that way, they didn't commit a crime. <laughs> um, now, here's what you're probably wondering. You're thinking, hang on a moment. You've been wrong so <laughs> far with all of the <laughs> things I've been wondering. But anyway, <laughs> if, if if I've lost my job at the police force. Because mm-hmm. I was helping people out with some slushies and filming things and putting mm-hmm. them in the face, um, wh- what are you going to do with your time? Well, if you're one of these cops, thirty six year old Brian Wilson, not to be confused with uh, anybody else called Brian Wilson, he he was involved in this slushy gate incident, as the media called it, and he thought, oh, what can I do to fill up my time? He thought, I know what. I'll become a sex torsionist. Uh, what I had not- this. Okay. Not contortionist. <laughs> I
2: was like, what he wants to do in his private time is none of my business. See,
1: I had my theory in my head was he was going to become a YouTube star doing this, you know, with fake cop stuff and make more money that way and say, I don't want to go
0: back. Says. You know, Crow, I actually wondered if that was the reason why they did all of this, whether they wanted to be the coolest social media cops yeah. and go viral.
2: Were they shouting World Star" when they were throwing these things like "World Star"? Yeah,
0: Word star? What, the old word processor? Oh, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, just don't. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Um, So this chap, Brian Wilson, he became part of a plot to stalk and extort young women online. And uh, he hired a hacker to break into people's Snapchat accounts and steal their naked photos and videos. And now so far, so normal, right? People breaking into Snapchat, stealing videos of sexy, topless, whatever, Videos of people.
2: So to be clear, he's extorting people of sexual content. He is not doing sexual contortioning.
1: I misunderstood (laughs) that too, actually, Maria. I really did. All right.
0: Okay. okay. (laughs) Yes. Sextortion isn't, yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Now, so far, so normal. But what makes this unusual is that, of course, he used to be a policeman and he exploited his background as a policeman when doing the hacks. Jesus. Because, because when he had been a policeman, he had had access to a police tool called AcuRint, oh. and Accurint is a rather controversial, powerful data gathering tool which allows you to scoop up all kinds of information about people on the internet and makes all the links. And you know, d- delves into the dark web and onto social networks and finds out all kinds of like, oh, this is this is you know who they are, this is where they live, this is what their and mother's it's all maiden name public is. Public information, I'm sure, but it does it for you, so you don't have to do the digging, right? Absolutely. And so the police make use of this in investigations. Uh, And
1: So all cops had access to this, or presumably at a certain level, you could have access to this, and it's pretty powerful.
0: Exactly. He had had access to it, Mm. and his passwords had not been revoked Uh after Slushygate. So he was able to entertain himself by logging into Uh Accurant for months and months and months, gathering information. Accurant claims to scan millions of websites Hundreds of social networking sites sort of makes all these links. Clearly can be useful to law enforcement, but shouldn't be used by someone who's been throwing slushies at homeless people.
1: Oh, man. There's a big difference between being a sex sextortionist. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't even like that word. No, same. Like someone who extorts people through, what, mm. s- sexual violence online, and someone who throws a slushie at somebody. Yeah, he escalated
2: it. <laughs> yeah, it
0: seems. I think I'd agree with that. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's it's a classic story,
2: though, of, of uh, an organization forgetting to revoke uh, credentials after somebody leaves or is suspended. I mean, that happened. I'm sure that's happened to the two of you because it's happened to me after I've left a job. I still have access to, to tools that I shouldn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, oh, but- so having grabbed rude photos, he would text the victims threatening to release them to their family, friends, co-workers. We've actually got an exchange in the court documents as to what you say to people. Say, hey, I'm I'm, I'm making you the focal point of this collage. Uh, check out the pictures. Oh,
1: shame on this man. Shame. And they'd
0: say, well, who, who are you? And they'd say, oh, 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 do you mind if I post them? You know, I'm telling everyone I really love them. How did you get these? And you say, oh, I'm going to send them to your grandparents. I'm going to post them up on Pornhub. But, you know, we can keep this between ourselves if you promise to send me a few more pics, and that way we can both benefit.
1: What an asshole.
0: Eek. He was an asshole. He called people dirty sluts, whores, and bitches. He's not very nice. He wasn't very charming uh. about this.
1: Oh, well, if he had been charming, that would I would have given him a pass, Graham. <laughs> uh, yeah. He'd call them darling and pussycat. Said it nicely. It would have, you know, sake. put a little bow
0: on Please. it. Please. If he'd been like Colin Firth or Mr. Darcy and been <laughs> terribly polite about it, I think it would be absolutely fine.
2: Standing there in the rain looking a little bit sad.
0: Oh, bless him. Um, or standing there covered in a slushie. Uh, so, Brian Wilson, <laughs> did actually send sexually explicit images to a victim's employer. Apparently, it almost resulted in her termination. Um, what? And what? some of his victims said they suffered real psychological trauma, as you can imagine. I believe it. Yeah. So, the good news, good news, he's now been sentenced to a total of 30 months in a federal prison which is more than the other chap who'd just done slushy gate. So this is, they combined the crimes.
1: He was a member of the police force when he was doing this. He was on yes. suspension and he gets 30 months?
0: I think he'd actually been let go. I think he wasn't just suspended at the time of the sex torsion, but he was still using those credentials to access his system. But yeah, it doesn't feel like a very big sentence to me. Well, I just feel mm. compared
1: to other sentences. I mean, hey, okay, look, three days in jail would be... A pretty horrific experience oh, yeah. for most people so i you know i'm not putting but it's just it's just you know some people seem to get like 25 to life for carrying a bit of mm-hmm. junk in their pocket anyway
2: mm-hmm. yeah these ca- crimes are not taken seriously enough that's for sure but yeah yeah, yeah they're like oh that sounds con- inconvenient that your naked pictures might have gotten leaked oh well
0: yeah you bitch <laughs> yeah you deserve slut- it or
2: something because you took those photos in the first place is sort of the other thing yeah. is
0: i don't I don't understand why you would go to so much effort and hiring a hacker to help you and you'd put all this energy into stealing people's Snapchat accounts and grabbing their photographs, not to extort money out of them, not to get sexual favors, but in order to get hold of more photos. I mean, God, God guess the knows promise. what he was doing with them. Oh, you well, know what he well, was <laughs> doing. <laughs> Come on. I think we know. I think we. I think we know what he was doing with them. Carol.
1: I just mean, perhaps he was going beyond that. Maybe selling them. Make, maybe there was a like a little black market going on with the pictures he was collecting. It's a power trip. He knows that he's scaring people
2: doing this, and that he has a grip on them. Sorry.
1: It's the fear. It's the power over other
2: people. I don't. I think he could have done it for no money and not even public consumptions mm-hmm. supposedly it just to, to terrify the shit out of these women and uh to know that he had them
0: um i think the power is the frisson isn't it because it's not like there's a a shortage of pictures of naked ladies on the internet
2: yeah i hear there's are perhaps of them. a little bit plentiful
0: on the internet but i haven't checked yeah. to verify so but uh mm. yeah no it must be in the power trip and the slushies he's
2: just an asshole yeah a total asshole exactly
0: Maria, what's your story for us this week?
2: So, I have a story about fishing and I wanted to have a little coffee talk about it.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very busy person. I don't drink coffee.
2: <laughs> a tea chat. I'm
0: uh, more of a Pellegrino man, but okay, go ahead.
2: Pellegrino. Okay, that also works. Yeah. Uh, shh, open up that bottle. Uh, so, there's a blog post that just came out from Checkpoint and they published their top 10 list of who is the most imitated. company for the purposes of phishing in q3 2022 which is right now okay um and this is worldwide stats so not america focused not uk focused like who so i'm curious who you think is the number one most imitated company is imitating the right word for this the impersonated in company that's not Mm. (laughs) in the
1: world
0: in the world would it be someone like ebay or amazon
1: I was thinking, isn't it the Alibaba one? Is that what it's called? There's a...
0: Yeah, the Alibaba's, yeah. Yeah, same yeah. idea,
1: right? Isn't yeah. it the kind of an Amazon? I think that's
2: a really good guess. I'm going to tell you both that you're neither of you are correct, but I'm going to give you a hint about who might be in the top. So think about what's going on in Q3. What's happening specifically end of Q4? Uh, what people might be getting ready for? Christmas! Yeah. So um, if somebody's getting ready for Crimbo, what are they probably doing? Shopping.
0: Ordering shit online, not shit.
2: Ordering lovely things online. Yes, lovely things. <laughs> Fighting inflation with their hard earned cash. Um, if mm. one can even do such a thing. Uh, <laughs> so think about who might be purveying such goods
1: Alibaba
0: uh Amazon, eBay, we've mentioned these. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, so, not them. Not them. Actually, okay. getting those items directly to the persons in, of interest.
1: Oh, the UPS. Yeah, that you're on the right track.
2: DHL. Ah, DHL.
1: Ding, 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 ding. it's, ah, it's,
2: D, it's DHL. DHL ah. was the number one most imitated company for phishing purposes. 22% of all phishing attacks globally really? are, are using fake DHL emails. Yes. And apparently they were DHL was specifically the target of a huge phishing campaign, especially over the summer. Um, but they're still at the top of the list right now. But I'm just curious who you think it is also on that list, because nobody that you've mentioned is on there and say the top 10. Banks. Yeah, uh, I don't I see. I do see a bank at number nine is HSBC. PayPal. PayPal. No, Good one. no PayPal. No, PayPal. <laughs> um, what about uh,
1: charities?
0: Charity, Charity, mate. Charity. Charity.
2: I <laughs> I feel like you're gonna you're gonna be smacking yourself on the forehead when I tell you who the number two and three are because I feel like they're
0: oh
1: like what about Netflix? They're number five at five percent. Oh, okay, okay. Well yep. done,
0: Carol. Well done. Thanks. Oh, Good Apple.
1: Job. Oh, gaming centers. Uh, Not Apple. I don't see Apple on here. Uh, no
0: PlayStation. No PlayStation.
2: Do you want me to tell you? <laughs> yes. Put you out of your misery. Yes. Number two. Number two at sixteen percent is Microsoft.
0: Oh, I've heard of them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this little firm called Microsoft. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of uh, OneDrive, Microsoft OneDrive uh, imitation email. Of course. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 Why didn't
2: we think of that? Mm-hmm. I don't,
0: I, is <laughs> I don't know. Microsoft?
2: I don't know. That's probably part of it, right? Uh, and number three at 11% is the previous top in the Q1 and Q2, which is LinkedIn. I guess everybody looking huh. for new jobs with oh, this uh, bloody LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And yeah. number four is Google. So, uh, oh. why yeah.
0: don't you say these with <laughs> imbeciles? No, again, speak for yourself.
2: <laughs> I did like that number six is WeTransfer. So, people who are yeah. there, uh, getting where is or something, I don't know what they're downloading on WeTransfer videos. Number seven is Walmart. So, I don't yep. know. Do they ship globally? Number eight is WhatsApp, which uh, I feel like, watch that space because there's been a whole bunch of hmm. uh, fake WhatsApp uh, imitators.
0: Interesting. And, uh, so you say DHL is number one. Mm-hmm. If someone's sending me a physical item, DHL don't get told my email address, do they? So, um, so why would I be tricked into clicking on I can understand if I was sending something right. that maybe they would have my email address. But I'm not the customer in a way, am I? I'm, I'm the person receiving the good sent yeah. by the person who dealt with DHL. I don't understand why people would fall for that one.
2: Okay, so I've, I have a few theories on DHL, but they are a little bit U.S. centric, admittedly. So I know that DHL is a huge purveyor of, of packages, but in the in the states, it's not because they don't do uh, they they only do I think international package delivery at this point. So to me, when I do get an email from DHL because I opted in ages ago to get email notification, so that's uh-huh. that is a thing
0: you can do. Well. Um,
2: that to me indicates I've got something coming. From abroad, which is like ooh, very exciting, exciting, for me.
0: exotic. Yes, yeah. It's not
2: just my <laughs> my regular old Amazon delivery of oat milk or whatever. It's something like oh, some somebody sent me something from somewhere else, and that can yes. be exciting. um But Drop I know they're, chocolate, they're
0: Maybe from Europe. Maybe something, something yes. pleasant, which you can't get in. Proper cheese, maybe, which you can't get in America. right? <laughs> hey. you?
2: That, you don't not get true. proper cheese. Yes, in yes, you do. That's do no, you? No, no, Yes, I will not stand for that. Blasphemy. Chocolate, yes, but not cheese. Cheese, we've got. All right. Not just government yeah. cheese. We've got other cheeses. <laughs> 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 I live near Vermont. I mean, come on, we've exactly. Got cheese. Uh, <laughs> in Canada, which also has cheese. Um, yeah. So, it, to me, it's, it, it's like, oh, there's something interesting arriving from DHL, and you can opt in to these. Uh, package pa- ups uh, fedex dhl you can opt into a thing that'll tell you when you've got a package coming to you so you can tell them when to deliver oh. it or to hold it for a bit so it's a possibility oh yeah um but i don't think people are even thinking of it that much maybe they're just going Ooh, package. <laughs> oh package <laughs> i mean yeah. it's working if it's number if it's the number one uh most imitated brand right now for phishing purposes it's probably it's because it's working right yeah i guess so and what was interesting for over the summer when they were the the target of a lot of phishing attacks, to me anyway, was one of the attack vectors was actually referring people to a fake landing page where the fish was done through a fake chatbot. Whoa. Yeah, so it wasn't just like, hey, put in your credit card information and, <laughs> oh, it doesn't work, oh, shucks. There'd be a whole thing where you'd had to talk to the DHL assistant chat bot, which is how a lot of brands are talking to people now, right? If you've got an issue, they want you to talk to that little chat thingy in the lower right of your screen. And that's actually where, and, and, and the chat bot would actually give responses that sort of made sense based on what the person was putting in. Um, and then that Hmm. would be what delivered the fish. So that to me, was an interesting thing. I don't know if that's still happening right now in Q3, but that was happening over the summer. So yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. So, yeah, well, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's an in, interesting, more sophisticated way of doing it, I suppose, isn't it?
2: Mm. Yeah, it's it's adapting to the times. Because, uh, again, I, I feel like for a lot of issues that I've had with my phone company or other things, it's it's almost always a chatbot that they, they want me to talk to first. They don't want me emailing me. They want me calling. It's Use that damn chatbot. I've so. never
1: used a chatbot yet.
2: Yet yet yeah, they might uh shunt you towards one one of these days yeah, but yeah yeah uh, i guess we have to be careful of what's on that
0: so what's your mm-hmm. advice maria
2: yeah
1: space correspondent
0: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> blast yourself into orbit and don't worry about these problems no uh i mean fishing works because it works right it's people keep doing it we, we tell people not to click links and then we've got malicious chat bots so everybody needs to still be as careful as they can and uh, but, I mean, even people who are very seasoned, sophisticated security types will f- can and do follow for phishing attacks. So yeah. um, I don't think blaming users and being like, you're dumb if you fell for it is going to help. Uh, so we all got to no. be careful. But, uh, you know, just be, be wary of who's asking and for what. But don't beat yourself up if it happens to you, I guess. If <laughs> I don't know if that's good advice. <laughs> we all sound very troubled now. Like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll cheer us up. Yeah, cheer us up, please. Please
0: (laughs) grow. What have you got for us this week? Okay, no,
1: Graham. Graham, I want you to cast your mind back. Mm. I think it's about eight years ago. Oh, my God. You and I met up with a uh, UK based corporate hotshot in a London
0: members club. Oh, yeah. I I know who you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. You know, puffy eye, puffy eye. That's his code name, yes. No names. (laughs) And
1: he talked excitedly about um, digital marketing based on location profiles. So I remember him, he was using a bassinet as an example. And he was like, if you try to flog them on Facebook, the approach you would use in New York to try and get mothers to buy this bassinet was wildly different from the one that you would use if you were targeting mums in
0: L.A. What is a bassinet? Sorry.
1: Like something you put babies in. Oh, like a crib. Little tiny baby.
0: Yep. New, a little yeah. baby, right, okay.
1: Yeah, teeny tiny teeny baby, right? And this thing attached to the bed, and it, at the time it was new, mm-hmm. and it was all cool. And in New York, you'd talk about how it benefited the mother, because the baby slept more soundly, so you'd get more sleep, et cetera, et cetera. And in LA, you'd talk about the organic materials and the safety features. And in and Europe, that, you'd say
0: how it benefited the father, because the mother would be happy, and that's sure. happy wife, happy life.
1: <laughs> And I remember when he was telling us this going, whoa, that's crazy, you know, and uh, but boy, things have moved on at a pretty fast clip. okay? and now while uh, we welcome our second unelected prime minister, Richie Rich Sunak, (laughs) right, the U.S. (laughs) The U.S. faces a fierce midterm election fight uh, in a few weeks to elect new members of Congress. Is that right, Maria? Yep. Yep. You've got your
2: finger on the pulse of what's going on over here. It's great. Great <laughs> times in America. That's
0: Everything's gonna be marvelous,
1: isn't it? Oh, hey, we could yeah, swap. Well, we could swap. It's really fun here too.
2: No, I know. It's it's a
1: just dumpster fire all the way down. I know. No. And now the reason this is a hot topic is there's a grab for the midterm elections, right? So there's like a Senate race and there's like six states that could make or break it for one party or the other. Um and of course, there are many people out there, like from volunteers, employees, contractors, working their guts out so that you vote with their party, whichever one they're representing. And, you know, they hold rallies, go door to door, put up billboards. But they're also making huge strides through data mining. Okay, so I'm going to pivot here for a moment, okay? So we're going to go back to 2019. This was an article in the New York Times by Kashmir Hill. And it's called, I got access to my consumer score. And you can get yours too. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a great article talking about, you know, these specialist data mining companies that have these consumer scores for you to help them better provide you access to the goods and services that they're trying to flock. And the, the score might be something between 1 and 10, 1 in 100, whatever, right? And there's a variety of different data points. And prior to 2019, it was near impossible to get your hands on a report detailing what they knew about you. But that changed, and in 2019, Hill put in a request for her consumer profile mm-hmm. from a company called SIFT. <laughs> SIFT. 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 Uh-huh. SIFT. And uh, what return blew her mind. Let's see if it blows yours. Okay, okay go ahead. i read a few paragraphs here. She goes, quote, I got mine, and I found it shocking. More than 400 pages long, and it contained all the message I'd ever sent to hosts on Airbnb. Years of Yelp delivery orders, a log of every time I'd opened Coinbase app on my phone. Many entries included detailed information about the devices I used to do these things, including my IP address at the time. Mm. She goes on, Mm Sift knew, for example, that I used my iPhone to order a chicken tikka masala, vegetable samosas, and garlic nan on Saturday night in April three years ago. It knew that I used my Apple laptop to sign into Coinbase in January 2017 to change my password. SIF knew about a nightmare Thanksgiving I had in California wine country as it captured my messages to the Airbnb host of a rental called Cloud9. (laughs) Mind blown or mind blasé? Oh I
0: wish I was yeah. more surprised by this. I th- yeah I'm sort of more mind resigned I think. I think I've I've it, it, yes. it's, there's been yes. so much of this that you begin to get worn down don't you? You begin to think well this is the norm which it shouldn't be of course. We should be outraged. We should have pitchforks and blazing torches and walking in the street but you know
1: but there, I think for 99.999% of us, what we assume they're collecting, I think it's vastly yes. huger and much yes. bigger than we can ever mm-hmm. even imagine. And if mm-hmm. knowledge is power, then profiling data is, you know, the mecca. So, let's move back to the midterms, which are mm-hmm. coming, okay? Mm, they sure are. A new article in New York Times – talks about government representatives taking advantages of the vast reach of these data mining companies. Of course they are, yeah. To mobilize yep. what they call desirable voters. <laughs> and they do this through voter scores well, and voter profiles. Rather than
0: the undesirables. Desirable. Isn't that
1: what? <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> you Clinton don't want to mobilize the undesirables. something
0: like that, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The deplorables? I think that's the no. one. It was something yes. like that, yes. <laughs> Desirables versus deplorables. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> so, as you probably can guess, voter scores are intended to predict the likelihood that an individual agrees or disagrees with a particular party or political stance, right? Like a belief in gun control. Or they might also be used to predict a person's likelihood of voting.
0: Has bought red baseball cap. That kind of thing, yeah.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Gets way more granular than that. So... To your point, Graham, things like there are voting on hot button issues like racial resentment scores, trans athletes should not participate scores, what? and even UFOs distrust government scores.
0: What?
1: <laughs>
0: okay, there are a lot of illegal, lot of illegal aliens out there, aren't there? Yes,
1: yeah. Lots more information in <laughs> New York Times links in the show notes. Okay, so. All these scores help make up a voter profile. So let's say that I'm one of these firms tasked with finding out how people in, in a particular state think about legalizing jazz cigarettes, okay? Because let's say that my party wants to use that as maybe part of its platform. You mean cannabis, marijuana. Right, yeah. Mary Jane, whatever. Yeah. Mary Jane. Whatever the kids call it these <laughs> days. So first I, I, I might want to get some voter profiles. So I would first use commercially available data like you were talking about earlier in your story, Graham. So I would want to find out the net worth, the education level, the occupation, the home value, the number of children in one's household, gun ownership, pet ownership, political donations, hobbies, habits, cooking, woodworking, gambling, smoking, whatever. You know, things that you can purchase from data aggregators like customer loyalty card records, for example.
0: Would some of that information indicate whether you were likely to be pro-drugs? So, for instance, if you had bought a Terrapin once that suggested you must be on drugs because one day it's going to be absolutely huge and taking over your living room. or
1: Kind of, Graham, kind of, because once I've kind of got this whole glut of information that I can legally get my hands on, I can then survey a representative sample of voters, some as large as 150 million strong. Jeez, yep. Pouring respondents based on their views on marijuana legalization. I would then apply machine learning to identify common Ah, characteristics. Oh, there's that phrase Uh again. Calculate the scores on each topic for each voter profile so I can build voter profiles and create groups that are likely to respond desirably to my messaging. So back to my little Mary Jane example, Mm -hmm. I want to identify which desirable voters in my camp want to hear about my plans to legalize weed. Right. There may be some that are into that, but there may be others that aren't. Right. But they're both still potential voters for me. Uh, But I can bury the message for those that don't like it and really call it to the floor for those
0: that do. So you could send campaign leaflets about legalizing certain drugs, for instance, to the people who are keen on that. And maybe those leaflets could also double up. If they rolled them up, they could make an enormous spit.
1: <laughs> I was wondering why you're saying leaflets. Because yeah. it's, yeah, it's also online. It's all the ads that you might be seeing across the internet. Right. And then you could spoke your, smoke your leaflet as a doobie. Mm. <laughs> Got I'm from the 70s. Can you tell me? <laughs> um, right. Okay. So so the upshot of all this is that these voter scores and profiles make it much easier for cover- candidates to surgically, and this word was used, and I love it. Surgically. Surgically target messages to mobilize the most receptive voters into voting. So a few little concerns uh, that I thought yeah, of. Yeah. Is here. this bad? Is okay. this bad, Carol? Yeah. Is this yeah. bad? What do you think? Actually, I should turn to you guys. What do you think <laughs> could go wrong?
2: Okay. They could make a wrong assumption about somebody, but they're doing that anyway when they sort of broadly leaflet as it is so i i am always getting political text messages phone calls flyers on my door flyers in the mail for uh political parties with whom i would never vote if my life depended on it which
0: in two years it might (laughs) so you would like it to be more targeted
2: no i don't want any of this shit i want (laughs) them to leave me alone (laughs) <laughs> uh the thing that I really hate is I get political messages that are hyper targeted at my deceased father it, to me, uh yeah, which is really, really oh, dark every time Jesus. I get an email to my dad, so it's like and it's like i whatever they're doing, it's definitely not correct, um so I don't know i if if i if i this meant that I got less of this crap, then I'd be. I don't want to say I'd be okay with it, but I I want less. I'm getting just inundated, and I don't even live in a battleground state. My family that my families that do, it's absolutely
1: relentless. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm I'm exhausted from all of it, <laughs> to be honest. And like, think about it. So good point, to Maria. Like, so they get the information wrong. Let's say very wrong in my case. Yeah, right. And let's say that information mm-hmm. does get into the wrong hands, like an employer for an agent, whatever. And also this. Pseudo anonymized. Yeah. I don't know if I can use that term here, but it feels to me pseudo anonymized data, right? Because there's so many data points. Oh, I think you can practically just say, "And that's you." You know, you could have a game show on this. You know, this reminds me
2: of something. Can I just go on a little tangent? Yeah, please. Yeah, this reminds me of back when uh, a lot of us were much more active on Facebook, maybe five, six years ago, uh, and personally, <laughs> and there was an option where you could see what ad. Uh, attributes Facebook had assigned to you based on what you had read and clicked, and I remember digging oh, yeah. it. I think actually it was maybe it was maybe it wasn't that long ago because I want to say that you actually told me about this, and I dug into it, and it was like everything they had assigned to me was wrong. <laughs> it was wildly off, <laughs> and I, I I heard the same thing from a lot of people that they would say based on what you read or clicked like on or whatever they would say oh we
1: think we know how you would vote or a political party, and a lot of people it was super super wrong. So, yeah, and then you're like, okay, so that's why people that are trying to predict elections are getting it so fucked
2: up. Yeah, I I don't know, but it's just like there's an element of based on certain data, people who like this kind of food or watch this kind of show tend to vote this way. And I know in broad strokes that might track, but maybe I'm just a corner case.
1: (laughs) The other, one more thing though, the other thing that bugs me on this. You know, if, if you think back to like Cambridge Analytica and that whole drama of Facebook and them secretly gathering information through forms and stuff and, you know, on unsuspecting users to target them with ads, like, isn't the government kind of doing the same thing? Oh, right they now? absolutely are doing the same thing. Government Accountability Office, they came out with reports saying, uh, maybe we need to put some regulations in place here. Eh. It feels less like wooing to me now in terms of getting someone into a party, but more like duping. And I don't like that. It'll
2: never happen. It'll never happen because the folks that were in the private sector, they get money to go to the public sector and fix this stuff. And then they they kind of bounce back and forth. And anything that gives politicians more money in their pockets. Sorry, I'm so cynical. But (laughs) at least in the States, I have zero trust that it'll happen. Yeah, now I have hope. I have hope. Oh, that's nice.
0: What's that feel like? (laughs) Hang on a minute. Hang on. Couldn't couldn't I can see a positive in all this, right? Because it's a real nuisance having to go down to the polling station to vote every few years. If they know this much about us, could they just leave us out of the whole voting process? (laughs) Could they just not look at all the data and say, well, he's obviously a Tory. He's a Labour. You know, they're a Republican. They're a Democrat. They're an independent. We don't even have to bother him. Let's not bother him with voting. We've got this. Yeah, exactly. And they could just work it all out. They just build an algorithm. Why not do that? Who needs
2: representative government when we have AI?
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think we've solved the problem there. Fantastic.
2: Can't be any worse than what we have now, right?
0: (laughs) We all know that data is the most important asset of any business, and the value and usage of information makes data very tempting to thieves. With Sealit, however, you can protect, share, and monitor confidential emails and files without passwords, and it's all integrated with Gmail, Outlook, and file systems. Deploy Sealit across your organization within minutes and achieve peace of mind thanks to its end-to-end encryption that relies on the zero trust security model. Get the right tool to own your data and gain great Sealit benefits. Plus, Sealit is offering a very special deal for all Smashing Security listeners. Anyone who signs up for the professional plan before 2nd of December 2022 can grab 30% off Sealit for a year. And if you sign up to Sealit, listeners can also grab a free Sealit signature no trust t-shirt. Woohoo! Check out more about Sealit and take advantage of these offers at smashingsecurity.com/sealit. That's smashingsecurity.com/s e a L I T. And thanks to Sealit for supporting the show.
1: Bitwarden's open source password manager that is trusted by millions of individuals, teams, and organizations around the world has just announced its October release. And it is chock full of goodies, which include password protected encrypted export, which allows you to export your vault in an encrypted format using the password of your choice. Plus there's the mobile username generator. It's finally here. They also have DuckDuckGo email aliases available. And here's a little insider scoop for you. They're working with DuckDuckGo to get macOS browser integration in the forthcoming DuckDuckGo macOS browser want to try these features out i don't blame you visit bitwarden.com forward slash smashing that's bitwarden.com forward slash smashing and thank you to bitwarden for
0: sponsoring the show the challenge with endpoint security has always been that it's difficult to scale and when remote work took over that challenge got exponentially harder You need visibility into your fleet of devices in order to meet security goals and reduce service desk tickets. But how do you get that visibility when different parts of your company run on Mac, Windows and Linux? Well, you get Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that gives IT teams a single dashboard for all devices, regardless of operating system. Collide gives you real-time access to your fleet's data and can do things that traditional MDMs can't. And instead of installing intrusive agents or locking down devices, Collide takes a user-focused approach that communicates security recommendations to your workers directly on Slack. You can answer every question you have about your fleet without intruding on your workforce. Visit collide.com slash smashing to find out how. If you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash smashing and thanks to Clyde for sporting the show and welcome back and you join us at our favorite part of the show the part of the show that we like to call pick of the week pick of the week pick of the week pick of the week is the part of the show where everyone can choose something they like it could be a funny story that book they've read tv show movie record podcast a website or an app whatever they wish it doesn't have to be security related necessarily Better not be. Well, my pick of the week this week is not security related. Excellent. My pick of the week this week is all about idioms, but idioms which have gone wrong. Ah. Someone has. Now, this is, some, this is a problem that we can face here on the podcast, because sometimes we're just shooting our mouths off, talking a whole load of cobblers, and you just stumble over your words, and you, you're saying something, and it doesn't really make sense. Oh, I do it all the time. Thankfully. The Mixed Idioms website at mixedidioms.co.uk are collecting such malapropisms. That's a big word for you, Graham. It was. I did. I, I took a good run up at it, but I think I did mm-hmm. it all right. Yes,
2: Malapropisms, a great word. Yes, love that word.
0: So if you've ever danced a flamingo...
1: <laughs> oh, instead of flamenco, I guess,
0: yeah. Right. If you're worried about the worst case Ontario... Worst um, case scenario, if yeah. <laughs> a, if you've got a baby in the oven... <laughs> um, <laughs> Or if you've told someone to get rich or try dying, then <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, can,
0: uh, you might well enjoy this collection of malapropisms, eggcorns, mondegreens, Escher sentences, mixed idioms, and maliford. Um
2: <laughs> Maybe a spoonerism in oh, there somewhere? Uh, there
0: quite possibly is, uh, yes, a, a, a queer old dean in there as well. Who knows? You could well <laughs> get one of them in there too. <laughs> Some of it's quite funny because I mean I don't know if you've ever listened to a song and you've been very very wrong about the words. Oh
2: yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dancing
0: Queen young and sweet only seven teeth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've never time heard of that one. You way. go
0: away. You take a piece of meat with you. <laughs> so, you know, there's Oh <laughs> These, really? they, these are all documented really? up on this website. <laughs> and uh, I think it's rather fun. And that is why mixedidioms.co.uk is my pick of the week. Maria, what's your pick of the week?
2: Mine is space related. I know. Big surprise. Um, <laughs> it wasn't intentional, actually. It's, Push it. it's for a book that I just bought for myself. And I'm <laughs> I'm recommending it to anyone else who might be interested in this kind of thing. This book is called Apollo Remastered. And if you are a space Mm -hmm. nerd, you probably already know about it. If you are really into photography, this actually also might be of interest to you. Um, Because this book, if you don't want to buy the book, go to the website, ApolloRemastered.com, and read about how they made this project. So Andy Saunders, who's an amazing photographer and a photo restorer worked with NASA to uh, basically re-scan and remaster a lot of the original film that was taken from the moon landings, which has been in frozen storage for 50 years. So basically <laughs> a lot of the images that we've seen from that historical landing, uh, they were sort of scanned and processed at the time with the technology that was available mm. at the time. And We've just sort of reused those images since then. Um, but we obviously have much better scanning technology now and a lot more things that we can do with, with, uh, with film. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a film buff, so apologies, people who know more about this than me. Uh, but he basically rescanned, scanned some of the stuff. And I think he did some processing with, like, um, oh, gosh, he did some stuff with film. I don't know. <laughs> read, read, read the project page. It's really fascinating. And the, the images are, like, yeah. crystal clear. They're, you've never seen the pictures like this before. And he, he also looked at some of the film, like the actual moving film that the astronauts took and, and got some stills from those that we've never seen before. <laughs> um, so I think for people who like space stuff, they'd be interested in this. This is like a huge coffee table book. But even if you're just really into photography, the project page where they de- they describe how they remastered all this and got this film out of frozen storage in Houston. I, I thought that was really cool. And, yes.
1: and you can buy prints on yes. the website as well. So they're from like 165 quid in England. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've, so there's like this, you can actually purchase from there too if you want to. Yeah, it. so that's amazing mm-hmm. photography.
0: Maria, I really like this. Ooh. I yeah. think it's great. I'm rather obsessed with photographs of the yes. moon. In fact, I um, follow a chap called Cosmic Background online. Uh, he has a website, cosmicbackground.io. Mm. He hasn't been up in space like NASA, but, uh, or indeed you, <laughs> but uh, he has. Uh, <laughs> He has a decent telescope in his back garden, and he takes incredible <laughs> photographs of the moon and in extraordinary detail on the sun and the planets. And um, I'm rather obsessed with it all. So, I'd also, so I will check this out. This sounds like a terrific book and yeah, a great Yeah, these website. photos,
2: we've seen them all before, but not like this. They're, it's like high def, basically. So I really hope everyone just give it a look. It's really
1: fascinating. a cool thing technology's done for us.
0: hmm There you go. Carole, what's your pick of the week? Uh,
1: my pick of the week this week is a podcast from Pushkin called Death of an Artist. Have either of you heard it? I have not. No. It centers on two artists, uh, a Cuban refugee called Ana Mendieta. And uh, she was a cutting edge body artist, probably best known for her silhouette series, where she inserts her own silhouette into landscapes. It's amazing stuff. And she's no wallflower, like does some incredibly disturbing, important scenes revolving around women, sexual violence in the mid 70s, some big stuff. And um, we should be kind of enjoying her work today, but we cannot because she died rather dramatically. And the question is, did she throw herself from a, I think, 16th floor New York balcony or did her husband, artist Carl Andre of Minimalist Little Squares. If you've been to MoMA, you'll see a lot of those. Did he shove her off in a fit of pique? Oh. Oh, crumbs. And so we hear of their work in the podcast. I think it's six episodes, but you hear about Anna's work and you hear about Carl's work. You hear about their relationship. You hear about the art world at the time. You hear about the murder, sorry, death. Um, and uh, how, how, spoilers. <laughs> and how the art world was split in two and remains split in two um, for those that think that Anna was murdered and those that support Carl and think it was a tragedy. Mm. Okay. So the story is fascinating. It's really nicely produced as most of things from Pushkin are, and it's told exceptionally well by Helen Molesworth, who was the chief curator of the museum of contemporary art, MOCA in Los Angeles, where she was until 2018 when she was abruptly fired
0: And she speaks. Oh, I thought you were going to say she was pushed off a building as well. Oh, no. But I've been a serial artist.
2: (laughs) Spoilers. Yeah.
1: But Mm. I think because she got free of that role, she was able to tell this story because she didn't have um, pressure from other people to not tell Mm. the story. So she speaks about this whole drama of being fired and the whole drama between these two artists and what happened and what she thinks. And I found the whole thing rather moving and I heartily recommend it. Um, so that is called Death of an Artist from Pushkin.
0: Find it in an all good podcast. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Well, that just about wraps up the show for this week. Maria, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online, find out what you're up to. What is the best way for folks to do that?
2: They can continue to follow me on Twitter at MVarmazis while Twitter still exists if Elon Musk allows it to. Or you can listen to me on the Cyberwire and uh, wherever fine podcasts are found
0: and you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity no G Twitter at last have a G and we also have a Smash Insecurity subreddit and don't forget to ensure you never miss another episode follow Smash Insecurity in your favourite podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts Spotify and Google Podcasts
1: and huge huge shout out to our episode sponsors Collide Bitwarden and Sealit and to our wonderful Patreon community it's thanks to them all that this show is free for episode show notes sponsorship info guest list and the entire back catalogue of more than 294 episodes check out Smash SmashingSecurity.com
0: Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Bye. 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 bye bye bye